Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. And please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd love to have you join us in person at 10 a.m. this Sunday at Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can also connect with us online at frbc.com. Thanks again for checking us out and enjoy the episode. Anyways, I'm thankful for just all of their help, but Romans 2 is where we're going to be. Um, I want to really almost begin back in Romans 1, uh, where we st- where we ended, uh, obviously it was a couple weeks ago, but the reason why I want to start in Romans 1 is because Romans 2 is really referencing Romans 1. Um, you know, I've said this before in here and you've heard it from other people who teach the Bible much better than I do, but when you see the word therefore, you see why it's therefore. And so really anytime you see therefore, it's referring back to something, uh, basically saying in light of what was just said. And so just because we're starting a new chapter uh, doesn't mean that we don't have to understand the context. And so I want to read verse number 28 uh, down through verse 32 of Romans chapter number 1 and um, let you kind of understand the context of Romans 2. And so Romans 1 verse 28 says this, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So to give you a quick reminder, Romans 1, obviously at the beginning portion is an introduction to the book. Paul is writing. We've covered a lot of that. He says he talks about the power of the gospel in verse number 16. But then he really goes into the people who are, uh, are there in Rome who have chosen to live a worldly lifestyle, who have chosen to go against God's truth. It says in verse number 25 that they changed the truth of God into a lie. And then he goes into this really list of things that how, how that people who are known by their works of being filled with unrighteousness, of fornication, wickedness. And then he says that, that knowing that they which commit such things are worthy of death and that they have pleasure in them that do them. So he's really talking about this evil, wicked side of society. And then verse number one of chapter two says this, Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing Seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. 
But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. Would you go back and would you read verse number 4 and then verse number 11 out loud with me? Verse number 4 says this. Ready, begin. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? And then verse number 11, ready, begin. For there is no respect of persons with God. For the next couple of minutes, I'd like to teach you from these first 11 verses and in the context of what we talked about in Romans 1 a couple of weeks ago of the gospel and judgment. The gospel and judgment. And so let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God who even in the midst of judgment, which we do not like to talk about, that you give an escape. And God, I pray that you would help us today to develop a proper perspective of how to view your judgment, both on us and those around us. Lord, there is a judgment day coming. And for us as Christians, we should take comfort in that, but it should also motivate us. And so God, I ask that you would help me today Give me the words to say in your name we pray. Amen. Um, I was thinking about how to really introduce this passage and uh, how to get you to understand this. But in verse number one, the Bible says that therefore thou art inexcusable. And so it goes through this list of uh, things that says that this is what evil people do. And, and then it goes in and it says that people who, who recognize this and who judge this, that, that they are inexcusable. And Romans chapter number 2 is an interesting passage. It's really a very powerful gospel passage. But I was struggling with how to introduce it, and so um, I was thinking through a couple of things, and I try to, try to come up with something that I feel like can be applicable to, to where you're at. And how many of you have seen anything about the Asbury Revival? Asbury Revival. You've seen some of that on social media, okay? Uh, um, if you haven't, that's okay. seen some stuff about it. Um, well, the Asbury Revival, I think i got a picture of it here that we can show. Um, was a revival that started uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, if my time frame is correct, on the campus of Asbury University in Kentucky. The name of the city uh, has slipped my mind, but uh, it was actually uh, it was a group of college kids, and uh, they were in a chapel service, and chapel service kind of began to spill over. And I'm not here to necessarily share an opinion on any of it one way or the other. Um, I talked with someone the other day, and uh, I believe that for us as Christians, uh, that one of the things that we do is we, we are called to test the spirits and to try the spirits. But I, I can promise you this, that if it is of God, there's nothing that I can do or say that's going to slow it down. And if it is of Satan or of the devil or of evil, then there's nothing I can do to stop it any better than God can stop it. And so our job as Christians is to flesh that through the Holy Spirit and to allow it to, to allow it to do allow him to do his work. And I believe there are good things that came out of this. I believe there are people who were saved. I believe there are people who uh, turned from sin. I believe there were some other things. But one of the things that came out in the course of the revival was that um, there was a group of Christians that were leading worship who were not uh, necessarily 
following God's way of living, uh, if we can say it like that. They were living an immoral lifestyle, um, but they were the ones who were re really responsible for leading worship. And so it came out about the, uni uh, the university, uh, I think, didn't make a statement about it, but, the, but there was some, uh, some, I guess, news around it. I have pictures and screenshots of the Twitter post if you're interested in that. But here's what I want you to understand. If, the, if something is truly reviving, if something is truly a work of God, sin cannot exist in the presence of God. That, I say that to someone who would be in an immoral homosexual lifestyle, as much as I would say it to someone who would be viewing pornography on their cell phone, to someone who would be living a life that maybe they allowed the sin of bitterness to creep into their life. The existence of sin and the existence of God cannot coexist, meaning this. That if God is getting bigger in your life, sin is getting smaller, okay? That's, that's not Joel Norse, that's Bible, okay? The Bible says in 1 John chapter number 1, it talks about how that light and darkness cannot coexist, meaning this. It says God is the light, therefore if we have fellowship with the light, we can't have fellowship with darkness, okay? So for the people who say, well, I, I have this great walk with God, but I struggle with this, okay? Let me, just be, let me just say this, okay? Sin is a part of our lives. Like sin, sin is here to stay in our world. But as we truly get closer to God, it's almost like, have you ever shoved a, a ball down a pipe and, you're, and you use it to like push something out the other side or like you plunge a drain or you plunge your toilet or whatever, or you, you, you get something that's plugged up. When that presence and that existence pushes something out, then eventually it, it makes its way out. Something that is becoming bigger and, and pushing more will push whatever is clogging it up, okay? So for us as Christians, when God begins to push and, and God begins to, to kind of invade our life and, he, and we begin to get a closer walk with him, whatever the sin is that's plugging us up is going to get pushed out, all right? So probably poor use of words on some of that, all right? I apologize for that. But um, anyway, so this Asbury revival, all right? Here's what I had to understand when I came to this passage today, okay? I looked at something like that. I, I read too many stupid articles and opinions on, on this uh, current and, and modern day thing, okay? This, this current event. And everybody felt like, the, oh man, this is my chance to give my opinion, which let me just say, okay? If you feel that way, uh, if social media makes you feel that way, I would be very hesitant. And if you immediately run to social media to figure out what someone believes or what God is thinking, that's not the way that it should be. Run to God's word, run to the Holy Spirit that is just as alive and alert in your life as it is anyone else's life. Okay, that was a sidebar conversation. But so I read people and everybody was giving their opinion on this. But when I saw that come out about people who were leading worship with immoral lives, here's what I had to ask myself. Okay. First of all, that's probably a good sign that there was something that was maybe not right in this scenario, okay? If you can stand up and sing a song about how great is our God and how great thou art with sin still in your life, that's probably not a sign of revival. But watch this. According to Romans chapter number 2, verse 1, for me as a child of God to see the immorality in someone else's life, and I want you to see this, okay? That is a foolproof sign that I will stand before God one of these days and answer for what is in my life. And sometimes what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to take our word of God and the Holy Spirit that lives within us and to judge those around us 
more heartily than we judge our own selves. Let me give you an illustration now from the other side of that coin. So I gave you an illustration from the side of the coin of Christianity. The next thing that I want to show you is a picture of um, just a, it's an equality march that occurred in Washington, D.C. But equality is obviously something that gets talked about a lot. Equality is something that is very pervasive in society. Equality is something, whether no matter how you look at it, if you look at it from a race perspective, you look at it from a gender perspective, you look at it from whatever, okay? So equality is something that is very prevalent in our society. It gets talked about a lot, okay? Uh, too much, in my opinion, but it gets talked about a lot, okay? Let me ask you a question. The idea of equality does not stem from modernism, from evolution, from any of the things that the same society that is pushing equality, it doesn't stem from that. I've got a quote from uh, Charles Darwin in your notes to prove this. It says this, It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is most adaptable to change. Charles Darwin said that in Origin of Species. And so what I want you to understand is this. The idea of equality is not something that stems from the modernism of this world, okay? Meaning this, that for those who can stand up and say, I don't believe in God, but I believe in equality, and I'll please watch this, that statement is a sign that they are without excuse, okay? Because equality does not stem from, from us personally, Equality stems from Romans 2.11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Meaning this, that every time that someone stands up and says that people should be treated fairly, that they're not proving that there isn't a God, they're proving that there is a God. Because that thought process is not natural to us. The thought process for, that is natural to us is, I want to make a million dollars, and I don't care if you make $10. The thought process that is natural to us is that I want to make sure that my family is taken care of. I don't care about how your family is taken care of. The thought process that is natural to us as human beings is I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what you do, okay? Those do not coexist, so watch this. Every single time that we look and we judge through the lens of Scripture and we judge through the Holy Spirit that is living in our lives and we look at someone and we say, that is not right, that is sinful, that doesn't line up with Scripture, that's a proof in our lives that we will stand before God one day. If we can recognize sin in someone else's life, that is a gift from God so that we can recognize it in our own lives as well. If we can look, and if the world can look and they can say, well, we think people should be treated fairly, we think that bullying is wrong, we think that that is not something that is natural to humanity. That is something that comes from God. So watch this. The very things that invade our society are the very things that show us as Christians that there is a judgment day coming. Now, I will be the first to say that I do not love to stand up and be the, the judgment doom and gloom prophet okay like I would rather let everybody walk in the room and and get to like cheer for everybody and pop streamers and like whoa you made it to church okay but guess what there is a day coming where we will stand before God and every single time we look out into this world and we say whoa that's not right 
It is a sign that there is a God that lives within us who gave us a conscience, who gave us a law, and we will stand before one day. And so with that in mind, I want to give you one main idea and then quickly fly through three thoughts in this passage. The main idea is this. The gospel is the good news in the midst of the judgment of God. The gospel gives us the responsibility, if you would circle that word, to see our lives and to see others in the light of the coming judgment of God to see our lives and the lives of those around us in the light of the coming judgment of God. So here's what I want you to see. First of all, in verses 1 through 3, you see that God's judgment is without excuse. God's judgment is without excuse, meaning this, that when you stand before God one day, you will not be able to say, well, I didn't know. I, I, did, I didn't know. Uh, please listen to this, okay? I didn't know that equality was something that God cared about. If I would have known, I would have trusted in Jesus. If I would have known, I would have, I would have done this. I didn't know that morality mattered to God. I didn't know. Please watch this, okay? If it is something that God has burned within us, if it is something that we inherently know because we have a God, that means that we will be without excuse one day. That means that for us, when we look and we can judge others, that means that one of these days we will be judged also. And you see this through two ways in these verses. First of all, in verses 1 and 2, or verses one, verse 1 through the first part of verse 2, it says this, that um, we are inexcusable. It says that thou art that whoever, who, oh man, whoever, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Meaning this, you may look at someone, you might say, well, I'm not homosexual, or I'm not, I'm not in marching for some equality, or I'm not doing this. But watch, if you can recognize the error in those marches or, or in the Asbury revival, or you can recognize the error in someone else's life, here's what you just did. You just gave yourself credible evidence that one of these days you will be judged by God. It says, condemnest thyself. And you might say, well, I don't do that, but I can promise you this, that you have something in your life right now that is not pleasing to God. And so we see that through our actions, but then secondly, we see it through God's truth. Through God's truth. He says in verse number two, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Sometimes as a parent, um, we have two uh, older kids. We've got Blakely, who's two. But sometimes as a parent, my son is someone who it's easy for me to really get to really challenge him to come to another level. Uh, he's someone who responds well to challenges. Uh, he's someone who wants to do his best. And so there's times where he and I will have a little bit deeper of a talk. Actually, I wasn't planning on telling this story, but I'll tell it now. Uh, last night, we, we, we get in some pretty deep conversations before bed. And so we were talking, still talking about basketball before bedtime last night. And uh, we were, we were talking. I said, Braxton, when you get frustrated, you lose. I said, even if the scoreboard doesn't show that you lost, I said, you lose because I said, that means you lo you've lost control of your emotions. You're not going to play as well when you're frustrated I said frustrating games happen to everybody and so me and him are having this deep conversation he's sitting up in his bunk bed and I'm sitting on Baylor's bed and Baylor was wearing some like weird tank top with her jammies last night I don't even know why she had it on but so she walks in and she has the straps of her tank top tucked on her ears and she's walking in like this 
<laughs> and me and Lauren just look at each other like, of course it's Baylor, right? Like, like me and Braxton, we're talking about like how you lose at life when you lose control of your emotions. And here comes Baylor and she's like, <laughs> and so and, and like we just start laughing. And I, and I told, and like, I don't remember what we said, but I was like, of course, like that, that's how Baylor view, like Baylor's life is this. Like, and Braxton's like, how can I get better? How can I become a more perfect person? All right. And Baylor just goes through her life, like with her little neck out and skipping through or whatever. Okay. But watch this. I don't even remember why I was telling you that story. As a, I remember now as a parent, it's easy for me to look at Braxton and say, Braxton, this is where you're wrong. And then to look at Baylor and be like, she's not going to get it. Like, let's just move on. Like, like she, she was definitely in the wrong right there, but I don't really feel like taking the 30 minutes to explain to her how she was in the wrong because she's going to ask 25 questions. She's not even going to remember what was happening. Like, like, that's the new thing is that she's like, I don't even remember what I did. And then it's like, why are you crying about it? I don't know. I'm just so, I'm just so tired or whatever. And so, it's easy for me to look at Braxton and say, this is what's wrong, and to look at Baylor and be like, nah, we're not going to cross that bridge today, but watch, okay? Each of those is a sign that they will stand before God one day, and when you stand before God, God is not going to look at one of his children and say, this is where you failed, and look at the next one of his children and say, eh, we're going to let them slide on that. And what we have a tendency of doing, and please listen to this, is we have a tendency of finding the worst case scenario in society and going, that's not me. Rather than saying, if I can see sin in their life, God can see sin in my life. God's judgment is according to truth. God's judgment, God doesn't play favorites like some teacher. God's judgment is according to truth. Holy smokes, we're on number one and it's 1046. Number two. God's judgment offers an escape. God's judgment offers an escape. I'm going to go fast, okay? I don't really want to go fast. There's too much good stuff in here. We might have part two, all right? Hang on to this handout, all right? God's judgment offers an escape. Verse number four says this, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance? You know what? God bless you. Who are we blessing? Um, let's, let's pray and we're going to be done. Okay, part two, next week, all right? Well, I have never done that. I am so sorry. That was too much good stuff, all right? I hope it was good stuff. I don't know. Some of you are like, thank God he's done, all right? Let's pray. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Crosspoint Podcast. Remember to take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and tell others about this content. Remember, we would love to have you be our guest in person this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can connect with us online at frbc.com and we look forward to seeing you again soon.